This is the Latter-day Strength Podcast, and I am your host, Steve Baer. This is episode 16. We are nourishing our tree of life. So we are in the business of strengthening our weak faith in Christ by feasting upon his words. As we strengthen our faith in Christ, we begin to hope for the great and marvelous things that occurred in Scripture and then obtain the promises the Lord is willing to give. This process increases our love for the Savior, which extends outward to help us increase love for our fellow man. Then we go and do the things the Lord commands us, laying hold upon every godly thing and every good gift, and then we watch miracles unfold in our life. These are the steps that we take. If this is your first time visiting, I encourage you to start at the beginning of the podcast with episode one. We lay some important foundational groundwork as we proceed through the scriptures together. We have covered Alma 32 over the course of a couple episodes, and today we are going to finish the chapter. We are going to nourish our tree of life. So to recap, Alma invites us to be meek and lowly in heart, and then have a desire to plant a seed. Well, what's the seed? The seed is eternal truth. When the seed begins to grow, we know that it is good or godly, that it is light because it is discernible. Truth enlarges our souls, it enlightens our minds, it begins to be delicious to us. Truth persuades us to believe in Christ, it invites us to be godly. Therefore, we may know with a perfect knowledge these seeds of truth come from God. But whatsoever thing persuades us to do evil, to believe not in Christ and deny him, and to serve not God, then we can know with a perfect knowledge it is of the devil, for after this manner does he work. He persuades no man to be godly. So our seed has swelled. We've exercised faith to plant the seed and experiment upon his word. And now we are in verse 37 of Alma chapter 32, which says, And behold, as the tree beginneth to grow, ye will say, Let us nourish it with great care, that it may get root, that it may grow up, and bring forth fruit unto us. And now behold, if you nourish it with much care, it will get root, and grow up, and bring forth fruit. This is a pretty simple concept. Nourish the tree so it gets root, it grows up, and then brings forth fruit fruit, the fruit of the tree of life. But this is where I love to look at the 1828 Webster's Dictionary and find little nuggets. So let me read the definition of nourish. It says, to feed and cause to grow, to supply a living or organized body, animal, or vegetable, with matter which increases its bulk or supplies the waste occasioned by any of its functions, to supply with nutriment, to support, to maintain by feeding, to supply the means of support, and to increase, to encourage, to cherish, to comfort, to educate, to instruct, to promote growth in attainments. So these are all wonderful words that are described in the Noah Webster 1828 Dictionary, for this word nourish, a couple of them that I love are this supply with matter which increases its bulk, to support, to encourage, to cherish, to comfort, to educate, to promote growth in attainments. These are wonderful, wonderful definitions. 
Well, Alma tells us first what happens if we do the opposite of this, which is neglect the seed. So we have neglect versus nourish. And in verse 38, he says, But if ye neglect the tree and take no thought for its nourishment, behold, it will not get any root. And when the heat of the sun comes and scorches it, because it hath no root, it withers away, and ye pluck it up and cast it out. Verse 39, Now this is not because the seed was not good or godly, neither is it because the fruit thereof would not be desirable, but is it because your ground is barren, and ye will not nourish the tree. Therefore ye cannot have the fruit thereof. And thus, if you will not nourish the fruit, or sorry, if you will not nourish the word, looking forward with an eye of faith to the fruit thereof, ye can never pluck of the fruit of the tree of life. So we have two words that contrast one another, nourish and neglect. Nourish from the scriptures means take great care, help it get root, help it grow up, and hope for the fruit it provides. And then from the dictionary, we add encourage it, cherish it, supply it, support it, promote its growth. Now, neglect from the 1828 dictionary says to let, to leave, to suffer, to pass. The sense of the latter words then is to leave behind or permit to remain, to omit by carelessness or design, to forbear to do, use, employ, promote, or attend to, as to neglect duty or business, to neglect to pay honest debts, to neglect our interest or policy, to neglect the means in our power. Also, to omit, to receive, or embrace, or also to slight, not to notice, to forbear to treat with attention or respect. So from the scriptures, we see what happens when we neglect. We take no thought for its care, no nourishment, no root, gets scorched by the heat of the sun, it withers away, it's plucked out and cast out. And then from the dictionary, we have words like leaving behind, suffering to pass, to omit by carelessness or design, to forbear to do or use, to omit to receive, to slight, not to notice, that's what happens when we neglect truth. Now, all of this has nothing to do with the godliness of the seed, but a lack of desire to nourish it and for creating within ourselves barren soil, or what we could refer to as a hard heart. Now, Alma admonishes us to exercise the following traits in order to nourish the tree in verse 41 of Alma 32. But if you will nourish the tree... Yea, nourish the tree as it beginneth to grow, by your faith with great diligence and with patience, looking forward to the fruit thereof. It shall take root, and behold, it shall be a tree springing up unto everlasting life. So faith, diligence, patience, and hope cause this little little tree, the seed, to spring up unto everlasting life. Now, faith in Christ causes us to take action, to be diligent in nourishing this tree, to patiently await its proper growth, and to hope for it to ultimately bear fruit. We get to the end of the chapter where Alma says the following in verse 42, which describe the tree of life from Lehi and Nephi's dream. 
And because of your diligence and your faith and your patience, with the word in nourishing it, that it may take root in you, behold, by and by ye shall pluck the fruit thereof, which is most precious, which is sweet above all that is sweet, and which is white above all that is white, yea, and pure above all that is pure. And ye shall feast upon this fruit, even until ye are filled, that ye hunger not, neither shall ye thirst. Then, my brethren, ye shall reap the rewards of your faith and your diligence and patience and long-suffering, waiting for the tree to bring forth fruit unto you. So let's make this practical and give two examples of planting the seed and nourishing the word, especially as it relates to the typical Latter-day Saint who needs to fortify their faith. In so doing, I feel led to return to some of the earlier concepts in the podcast, specifically one, great and marvelous things, and two, the gifts of God. It's not lost on me that in my initial episodes, I spoke about how Moroni exhorts us to seek after this Jesus, to seek after miracles, health miracles, financial miracles, parenting miracles, to seek after that personal manifestation from heaven, and maybe even experience beholding the Lord and beholding the heavens in tangible and powerful ways. So following the framework that Alma presents to the Zoramites, here's how it might happen for you. You might awake and arouse your faculties that the miracle you crave is possible. Then you might experiment upon the world with the word. You might ask for a minor personal miracle and just kind of test the waters. Number three, you might have a desire to be instructed on the issue, to genuinely desire not only the outcome of the miracle, but the journey towards receiving the miracle. Four, you give place for just a portion of the words. Make time with the Lord to learn how you can receive your miracle. Then five, you plant the seed in your heart. Have a soft heart, a meek and lowly attitude. Be teachable and willing to change. Number six, don't cast it out because of unbelief. This speaks for itself. Just don't give up. We don't cause our lack of perfect knowledge to cause us to stop striving. Number seven, don't resist the Spirit of the Lord. As you feel the change taking place in you, follow the promptings of the Spirit and the personal instructions you receive to continue to make necessary changes for your miracle to take place. Number eight, don't neglect it. Don't slight it. Don't leave it behind. Don't neglect it. So, after doing all of those steps, you get to look for evidence. The evidence of three is, is a three-part process. One, has your soul enlarged? Do you feel more drawn to heavenly things and turned away from worldly things? Number two, has your mind been enlightened? Do you feel like you're being taught from on high and communing with the Lord? And number three, does it begin to be delicious to you? Do you feel like feasting upon the words of Christ? As you see this evidence, you strengthen your faith that the miracle is possible. Because the seed sprouts and begins to grow, you must know that this is a godly seed, a godly desire, that the Lord is saying, 
keep going, keep believing, keep striving. Now you have a sprout, and so it's time to nourish the tree. Take great care of your miracle. Help the faith for the miracle to take root in your soul, and then have more hope for your great and marvelous blessing, or in other words, to the fruit of that truth. So we have faith and hope for this miracle. So then Alma uses the words diligence and patience to do the things that the Lord inspires us to do to get the miracle, to put everything on the table. And as you take action, patiently await the timing of this blessing. Now, this is not all theoretical, and I have personally experienced it, but I experienced it very intentionally by observing my wife over 13, 14 years ago. My wife, Jenny, displayed all of these steps on her own personal health journey. When we had three kids under the age of four, and she was only 27 years old, she began to experience an acceleration of health challenges. She had already been on antidepressants since her late teens, and she was experiencing chronic fatigue caused by a hypothyroid. She was also about 50 pounds overweight and feeling very unattractive. She had chronic allergies that depleted her energy levels and caused her to constantly sneeze and feel congested. But the last straw for her was the fact that her joints were beginning to hurt. She went to a doctor, got some blood work, and was told that she was on the cusp of being diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. She was offered steroids for her joint pain. And what happened is that suddenly in her mind, it was as if she saw what would happen if she took that path of using that medication. Her mind was drawn to the autoimmune diseases that ran in her family, to the mangled fingers of older members of her family due to arthritis. She could picture fewer children and then a lifetime of being on prescription drugs to manage her symptoms, then additional prescription drugs to manage the side effects of the first batch of drugs. Well, she planted a seed. She said, Lord, there must be a better way. And she pled for the Lord to help her heal. So this was early in 2009. The first resource came into her life. It was a book about eating plant-based. She implemented it, lost tons of weight, saw her energy levels increase and her pain decrease. Her heart was drawn to the word of wisdom and she began to study the promises of, you know, using herbs and eating fruit and vegetables in the season thereof and eating meat sparingly and things like that. Well, she then began to use some natural health products, and as a result of the changes she was making, she was off her antidepressants by early 2012, just three years later. She got down to a weight that she loved, but most importantly, we added four more children to our family. So we have a total of seven kids, and I am convinced that had she not made these changes, we wouldn't have our sixth and our seventh child. But all of these changes felt God-led, 
They were directed by the Spirit for her ultimate good. She planted the seed of healing and reaped the fruit of improved health, four additional children, more energy, less sadness, and other changes in our family, which I won't go into today. So as I conclude this episode, I just encourage you to plant the seed for the miracles you crave. Let the Lord do his work inside of you so that you have trees of life springing up in your garden so that you can say that your faith has been replaced by a perfect knowledge. I testify of these principles in my weakness. Amen. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong.